This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is the Dumbbells, the personal fitness podcast where we, I'm Eugene Cordero. And me, I'm Ryan Stanger, have discussions and answer questions on all things health and fitness. This is solely based on our own working experience, a little bit of bro science. So please keep in mind we're not doctors and never claim to be. Nope. Just a couple of dumbbells love ourselves from fitness, want to help you with yours. And to help you, sir, right now. Now we are here and live. Hey, um, Stanger and I um, are, I think this is 15 or 16 or 17 weeks of us. Doing these quarantine apps. Yep, and, and it's only just begun. And it ain't getting any better out there, <laughs> folks. As a matter of fact, it's getting worse. Looks like there is no dip. It's not the second wave. We are still continuing to raise the first wave. Raising the roof on the coronavirus in California. But hey, we're with you guys. We have a system in place. We've got it figured out. We'll be bringing you content every week. Yes. Uh, this week is no exception. Yeah, we have um, Eric Mosley here of Black Matt Yoga. Um, he is, uh, we do the live segment with him um, over YouTube live. You can listen to that whole part if you go over to YouTube uh, and watch us do it. Um, but uh, we're going to add that um, most of that interview with him um, to this episode. But before we get there, let's just kind of check in. Yeah. How, how are you, dude? Here we are. Um, you good? I mean, you know, with everything changing and nothing changing and us still kind of being, um, you know, uh, quarantined at home because we're about four weeks out from this new baby. Oh, man. So, you I'm know, things are changing. You. Things are changing. Um it's, you know what, you know, I'm going to sound like for the next four episodes, I'm going to sound like I have the most energy that I'll have for the next <laughs> year. So I hope the Bell Babies out there are appreciating the energy that I'm bringing today because this is the best that I'm going to be able to do after a month from now. I, I was thinking about you, dude. So, so it's, it's a little scary time to have a kid right now, obviously, yeah. you know, it's stressful. That being said, it, at least it's something to change it up. So oh you get like gosh. you get like a project now. You you bring this little bambino home, and then it's something to do and focus on, as opposed to just twiddling your thumbs or feel. And it's also oh, yeah. like you you kind of are like, okay, everybody's stuck at home anyways. At least I'm stuck at home raising a kid doing There's, something. Absolutely. There's a couple of awesome things. A couple first, this next four weeks, you know, I'm putting a nursery together. So this is this okay. kind of like fun tinkering things. Nesting. Um, yeah. Secondly, now that the garage is back and running and I can work out in there, I'm feeling excited because it feels like I just started a new gym because right. I, I have everything. So I'm great. And then, you know, honestly, in a month, this new baby girl is going to be here. I'm going to be overly stressed because it's a baby girl, regardless, a baby at all, but a baby girl for me, mm-hmm. I got to get ready for in a different way. I feel like, uh, yeah. because it's Some just going to be different new. from Quincy. Yeah. Snoo, 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 snoo. But what the, the great thing is, because nothing is really going to get moving yet, as far as work outside of this, and Ryan knows because he doesn't work as much as me, I am busy. <laughs> and uh, this gives me a good opportunity to be stuck at home and raise yeah. my child. Um, and Imagine even how then, not busy I feel, Eugene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying... You know, if if the if if Hollywood had opened up, you know, Stanger would be just hosting this alone again. 
Turns out I'm available, so. <laughs> no, 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 but it is a nice, it's nice to be able to do the podcast more. It's nice to be able to raise my child and not be stressed of like, I might have to leave and go do a yeah. job somewhere, even though, you know, the um, the word on the street is they are starting to shoot some stuff in like Australia and moving yeah. productions out there. They were going to start shooting stuff in Atlanta and maybe they're still planning on it, but I see that changing pretty quickly. And um, I don't see any international places in a big hurry to bring a bunch of uh, no. Americans in out. In fact, I feel like um, you are not allowed to fly outside of yeah, the a, United States right now. There's a to travel Europe. ban to the, to the Europe, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. So the travel ban is happening. Is happening and, oh, uh, I understand. And, yeah. Oh, I understand. I, I don't know if it's in Australia, but, you know. Uh, I was trying to do English, but it, who knows Oops. what it was. Uh, yeah, so you, but you don't have to choose. You just get to focus on the baby and home, and yes. there's no hard decisions like, ooh, do I take this money, which would be great for the new baby, or do I stay and, you know, help right. out? So you just, you just, you have to stay. So it's So, good. like, the focus right now is, you know, I just, I have some voiceover stuff, and, uh, you know, I have to get um, a, a little bit of the, um, what is it? Um, promo stuff going for the new season of Tacoma starting up and that kind of stuff, but nothing crazy. Promo, promo, promo. Um, promo. But h- how about you? What's going on? How's the pup? Puppies, puppies, cute as can be. She's a lot, you know. So sure, she's a lot, but really smart and trainable. It's just, it's just full time. You know, you got to be on her. All the time. You know, it's kind of like you want a smart dog, but also be careful what you wish for because they get bored easy and yeah. they can be destructive. And, you know, so. Yeah, like Quincy. Just, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's managing that, but it's great. Fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and then what about um, workout wise? Are you still just kind of, are you changing it up at all? Uh, no, but I've been good. Yeah, workouts have been good. Um, you know, managed to put some muscle and stuff on, uh, you know, nothing crazy, but I've just, I've been consistent. Um, you know, I've kind of, I've settled into it. I don't miss as much as I was before. And I've, I found a groove cause I can go to my gym now. I'm choosing not to. Sure. Uh, some people wrote in, we can, we'll talk about this next week, but some people wrote in about specific, thank you for doing that guys about how they've reopened their gyms yeah. or the gyms that they go to and, uh, pretty interesting stuff. So we'll, uh, sure. one gal wrote in and we'll read her whole play by play of it. It's, it's good. Um, yeah. So yeah. a teaser for next week. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, um, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm now that I have uh, the the garage gym back set up, back yeah. up and and ready to go. I think you're I'm, getting under the barbell, huh? I'm gonna get under there. Ooh, and I, I mounted that TV out there. Oh, great! So ready to go, and uh, Good. yeah, I, I'm ready to get under that barbell and put a little bit more, um, you know, uh, lift a little bit heavier than I have been, um, and then also because of that, I'm excited to then feel like. I can take, you know, some active recovery days off and maybe yeah. do just like some yoga or maybe yes. uh, our our guest today is Eric Mosley of Black Met Yoga. Maybe be able to take one of his classes and, you know, like have it as a, as a good day to stretch and move my body in a different way than I have in the last four months. Yeah. He, talking to him made me want to kind of get back into yoga. Yeah. So you guys will see Eric's a really cool guy. 
uh, he's got a great story about going from being an educator um, to finding himself, you know, in the wellness business and then ultimately starting black mat yoga. And he's really, you know, he's, he's committed to changing yoga and making it more inclusive. And, and, uh, he's got a vision for how he wants to see like his dream realized. And it's really cool. Yeah. I challenge you to listen to it and not be inspired and want to check it out. I think it's um, great. Eric, I wanted to ask you, and we can go back and, and hear your story and how you started uh, Black Matt, because I was going through your Instagram, and you had a post on there that had a little bit about your story that was just quick, and it's really interesting. People would love to hear yeah. the whole thing. But before we even get into that, so being being in the wellness industry and and you know talking about mindfulness and, and kind of living in that, what is something you've seen that has been challenging people um, you know, with social distancing and maybe with this kind of fear of like a, a virus going on, is there something that comes up a lot? And uh, is there something to combat that? I mean, you mentioned to us, I can't remember if we were recording or not, just like being able to get outside and, you know, yeah. do something that's for you and not just like running an errand, like you right. can go, you know, figuring out a place to hike or something, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. What are you seeing from, from a wellness standpoint? I think I've seen two things um, like, at the start of uh, quarantining, I think people were just really restless and like really struggling to be inside. And I think from yeah. a wellness perspective, a lot of that, at least for me and lots of people who I interacted with, like so many of us went through phases of being able, like having to sit still with ourselves and like, yeah. like sit with shit that we normally can kind of put off somewhere else or like yeah. not think about because we are hustling and bustling and doing our thing. So I think many of us experienced the like process of going through having to sit with stuff that we, we needed to deal with. Um, and some of that is like really uncomfortable. And then I think the other thing that I know for sure, and I went through that, what I'm describing are the things that I've gone through. <laughs> like, I, yeah, me too. Yeah, us, me too. Yeah, some of us, I am us, right? Like I was <laughs> yeah. dealing with. And then for me being in a city like New York where outside is kind of everything and there are very few green spaces and there are very yeah. few, like, I mean, trees that you just, that are just yeah. readily accessible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, being inside or being in a city like New York is like New York city is really tough because you just miss that stuff. So, so many people were like, and it sounds superficial, but I think so many people were looking forward to vacations and going on trips because it's really nice to leave the city when you live there and not being able to do that or not being able, you know, I had in my apartment, there's a rooftop space. So I was still very fortunate to be able to like go practice, do yoga on the roof or get a little bit of sun if I, if the weather was working with us. Um, but for people who don't have that luxury or that privilege, it's like, you're going stir crazy and just literally just being outside or seeing trees or being in grass, like smelling flowers, literally those things um, can really impact your, your mood and your experience. So those are like the two main things hmm. that I think that have been like in my world that I've been dealing with a lot and, and having in my, like my students who take class, like stuff we talk about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you usually just tell them like, try to get outside a little bit, even if it's for a little bit, just to like take in the sun and take in the air. That's, you know, not your house. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all of that. It's like first, you know, acknowledge and feel that thing. We say it, you say it a lot of time in yoga, a lot of times in yoga, but it's really real. 
And I think it's part of the mindfulness practice that I want everyone to have. Um, is it like, you got to sit with these feelings. Like you have yeah. to name a thing. Like I have to be able to say, I am going fucking crazy because I need to go outside. And then that will let me know that I need to go, like my next yeah. step you go outside versus lash out on somebody who's asking me a question or, you know, like right. so being able to just feel what you're feeling. I'm sad because of this or I'm frustrated or I'm really proud of this is like what I yeah. want everyone to be able to access. Cause that will make us just better people. Cause we don't know how to, how to move. But I think that's what I've been telling people is first feel your feelings. And then two, like if you can do something about it then do something about it. And if you can't, then like, what can you do and do that thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's that tricky thing. It's like whatever you're going through, go through it. You know. Yeah, right. and we we have to do that now because you can't fucking you know go out <laughs> go out and drink or party or whatever. You just got to it was whatever it is. Sit yeah. and go through it. The distractions are gone now. You know. Yeah. You only know, look on your phone so much. Oh uh, man. So let uh, okay. So let's go. Okay. So you grow up in Texas. Yes. So let's, so let's go. So walk us through it. How do you, yeah, how do you come back to where you are now? Yeah. You want to go yeah. all the way back to, he went to Texas. Okay. Let's take yeah. it back. <laughs> yeah. So grew up in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. I'm originally from a suburb of Dallas. It's called Cedar Hill, Texas. It's about, um, let's say maybe 15, 20 minutes from the new Dallas Cowboys stadium in Arlington. Okay. South, southwest of Dallas. Um, went through high school in Texas. I went to undergrad in Atlanta. I went to Morehouse College. Um, my background was in drama and English. I was a drama and English major in undergrad. And I also had, during my summers, I would intern teach with an organization that you, like college students and high school students could um, teach middle school students across the country. It's called, it was called Breakthrough Collaborative. And I worked, I interned as a summer teacher all throughout college. And then when I graduated, I like, I joke now, but I like barely graduated. Real, my real degree was in like socializing, right? So, <laughs> uh, so I didn't quite have my post undergrad plan set. Um, and I knew I wasn't like auditioning for grad schools. I knew I wasn't going to like to get a, a MFA or anything at that point. So I went back to Texas, worked for that teaching internship and um, as a director of it. And what were you teaching? Oh, back then I was, um, during the summers I would teach like English and drama to middle schoolers. And then when I went back as a director, I was like directing the program. So oh, I, would, I, see. I would help, um, hire our interns and kind of run the program during the time, during the school year and during the summertime. Oh, great. And, um, that really kind of like is where I sunk my teeth into education and had like an understanding of the inequities and in students of color um, the students of color experience across the board. And after a few years, maybe like two years of working there, I wanted to like have a classroom. Like I wanted to be a teacher. And um, lots of my friends post undergrad moved to New York. Lots of them were teaching with um, different charter school networks here. So I told one of my best friends at the time that I was interested. Like two weeks later, I sample teach in New York. It happened really, really, really fast. Wow. Yeah. And at like a month after, or like a couple of weeks after that, I got a call to say like I would, I was offered a position as a teacher. 
So that year I moved to New York. I taught at an all boys charter school in Brooklyn um, for a couple of years, taught fifth grade reading, loved it, um, started to do lots of like community building work, started to um, work with adults a lot um, and started to do a lot of culture and vision setting for schools. And after I had a really, really rough um, final year in that school because we had a change in leadership and we just were not aligned. I'll just say that. But yeah. we just, <laughs> that's a, that's like, a very uh, democratic way of saying that yeah. that person sucked. We're, yeah. we're on good vibes. We're, we're having good vibes here, but um, yeah. we, were, we weren't aligned and it was very, very clear. And I tried to be aligned, but it was kind of like new leaders in town and the old folks have to go basically. Yeah. Um, so we, we all left and I started working with uh, this. I tell long stories, by the way. So oh, we love it. Yeah. Or this. Nah, nah. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to keep it brief. So then <laughs> I started, my next job was the first time I started working with adults. So I went from like tra- being in the classroom and kind of working with teachers and stuff at my school to I did a summer training. Um, I worked with another organization that did summer school and the teachers were fresh out of college slash career changer. So it was kind of like Teach for America, but during the summertime um, and it was in the city. So I was I was a director of that program. So I had like the new teachers who we were training. I had coaches and I had um, like the, my, yeah, my coaches and the, there was another position, I forget the title, but they did professional development each day. Okay. Um, so that was my first taste of like stepping outside of the class room but working with adults to kind of magnify the impact Mm -hmm. and I was like okay this is cool I like this I feel like I have a greater sense of purpose and after that I was a dean at an elementary school also in yeah also this all makes sense though it all gets to the wellness part (laughs) (laughs) I was in an elementary school and I got and the school was big on social emotional learning and um, so lots of mindfulness stuff, lots of mm-hmm. talking about your feelings, lots of restorative practices. And that was the goal. Um, but there was a lot of work. They were at the beginning stages of that. So it wasn't quite really working at all. They just uh, said, yeah. knew it, this is what they wanted to do, but yeah. didn't do it. It was the idea, but it wasn't it wasn't like exactly. in place yet. Yeah. Yes. Or they had something in place, but it wasn't quite. Well, yeah. No. <laughs> it hadn't been battle tested or troubleshot yet or right, just right, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't working, honestly. So it was like we they the school knew they wanted to be different than other well known, high performing charter schools that are kind of infamous for being really militant and you know, dehumanizing the kids. Yes. This was like the opposite of that. But so far on the other side of the spectrum, like the kids were just kind of doing whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Know how to correct them without being punitive. Yeah. So that's also a very nice way to say it was a mess. It was sure. a hot mess. Yeah. That is school. rough. I, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> I, I watch some, you know, when I watch, I have a three year old boy and I mm. watch, um, you know, other people parent their kids in that kind <laughs> of style where they're like, well, they feel like this. I'm like, no, they don't. Just get them out of my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, there's no reason he's pulling my son's hair. Just, get his hands out. It's like, maybe that's what he's feeling. I'm like, no, he just get, he's, Not a yeah. Yeah. 
So but there yeah. was lots of that actually. That's hilarious. There was lots of that at the school, right? Sure. sure. So my role had to, I had to kind of diffuse kids on a kid level who was getting their hair pulled and the one who was pulling the hair. The teachers in the room, like having to coach them on like, all right, so this is what you need to do. And then the parents who were like, yo, this kid is pulling my kids here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah. can be real aggressive when it comes to their kids. They're like, uh, what's going on? What's the punishment? What you going to do? How you going to keep this kid from, you know, hitting my, my child, keeping my child safe? Eric, that sounds like a, it sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Being in the position that you're in. Right. Yeah. So that's like the, that's like the anti-highlight reel. Right. Yeah, like that's right. the real of the worst things. Yeah. There are also wonderful things that happen when you work in schools. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. tough if you don't have if you're you know if you inherit like a broken system and then you have to like you know pick yeah. up the pieces and you're limited in what you can do. Just knowing how parents can be yeah. and how intense that school stuff can be. I mean, yeah, yeah that's Which is that's, literally what also like I can't take all the credit because this is literally what every educator is doing right now in the country, like picking up all these broken pieces and trying to figure out how yeah. to make it work on Zoom. And yeah. But, right. Um, yeah. Make it work on <laughs> Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so those were like some of the things that I had to deal with, which one made me realize that I need some kind of practice for myself to kind of de-stress from everybody's stuff. Right. And then two, it made me realize how important and how helpful mindfulness is in kind of um, conflict resolution. Yeah. Across the board with little babies to whole adults who, you know, can oftentimes be the most hot-headed of, of any combo. Um, yeah. So realizing how important mindfulness is kind of using it in because we were social emotional learning school so using it kind of daily in terms of conflict resolution and preventative like classroom management and all that stuff um and building a positive school culture it just kind of became second nature and it was also difficult because when i would try to coach teachers to do this kind of stuff like mindfulness deep breaths and things in the classrooms they weren't comfortable with it a lot of times which i get because people feel like you know, I'm not like a yogi person. I don't have these skills. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, like I don't sound like that when I'm talking. So I can't like be like sit down and then also like take a deep breath. And, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's not, it doesn't, doesn't work in the same way. Um, so part of my, it kind of transitioned to trying to coach people up to like, say you can be your regular, regular self and still be mindful um, but moving forward, unfortunately, that school closed. Um, and it was a really, really traumatic year in which it was closing because um, when it, with charter schools, you have to get your charter renewed. So it's like basically yeah. like your document mm-hmm. saying, this is what this is who we are. This is how we're going to this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And then the authorizer from the state comes either yearly or every three or five years, however long your charter is to say like, all right, this is, this is what you said you would do. This is, you're doing it or, or not. Um, in our case, we were trying to, um, anyway, that's a long story, but long story short, school has closed and we had to put our kids, we had to kind of displace our kids and like oh, make no. sure that everybody got into a good school right. and teachers didn't have a job next year. So they were also interviewing and we were, it was another mess at the end of the year. Um, 
at the end of that year. So I was really like, yo, I got to go to yoga every single day (laughs) as a way to like keep my head on and to de-stress. And it was also in retrospect, a little bit of an escape from kind of like everything that was happening. But while that was all happening, were you already connected to doing yoga? Were you already a yoga practicer? I had gone a couple of times in my life, but not for real, for real. I didn't mm-hmm. have like a serious practice until okay. until I was working at the school. And one spring break, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go every day during the spring break since I'm still here. And then I developed a habit. And then uh-huh. the school year got crazy. Then I was like, oh, yeah, this, is, this isn't recreation. This is like my <laughs> lifesaver. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, w- I was, but then I, I built a serious practice that year. Right. When things got real stressful and real, crazy. real yeah. stressful in these streets. <laughs> but then the other thing is, the other thing is that, um, which is really the kind of tipping point for me is that in these yoga studios and New York is super, is a super saturated area, just like, like, like LA and, yeah. you know, like it's a very saturated yoga like arena or wellness arena, but there are so few black people that you see taking class or teaching the class. Mm-hmm. So there were lots of hurdles that I felt like I had to personally overcome to practice, especially in places that I would like try out. So I ended up finding a home studio that I felt really comfortable in, but going to different studios as a black person, like, I experienced things that I know other people, especially the white people in the room, did not experience. Right. Even if they, I mean, the smallest little thing, like the smallest microaggression, like this kind of pseudo surprise that I would, or like the pseudo welcome or kindness that I would get from the front desk people coming into a studio that I had to kind of side eye. Like, why are you so excited to see me here? And like, yeah. you've given me this old, like overly warm greeting that you haven't extended to anyone else. Right. And you're asking me questions like, is this your first time ever taking yoga? Like yeah. it's over helpful, over explaining, over explaining things. I'm like, girl, I, yes, I have. <laughs> yoga, I get it. Um, and not hearing those same questions being asked of the other people, even if it is their first time to the studio. Um, so like little things like that, um, we're like big things. And I, that can sound trivial if you've never experienced something like that, where you've had to question whether or not you're being treated differently. But yeah. for me, it was like one of those things that I, I would instantly be triggered. Like, oh shit, this is one of those, like, one of those studios. One of those studios. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of those. Uh, I, I call the, when I walk into the place where it feels like they're definitely a, haven't seen somebody like me in there before or B or like, what's this Asian-ish looking guy doing in here? You know, it's like, oh, this is a boutique, um, whatever it is. Mm. It's like, you know, this is a boutique. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, So those are some of the things that like really kind of would turn me off about practice. I didn't have all these little things in front of me that I want to keep putting in my hands. (laughs) 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 Like a key and a lighter. Like, okay, let me just... Use them. You can do props. It's hey, fine. You can do Bring it. the props fine. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a puppet uh, show uh, in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I keep surprising you with the things. Hey, Stang, you know, we still want hassle-free vitamins and supplements delivered to our house, right? We still want that. 
That's what I, I always, want. I always want that. I I'm can't sick be- of going to those, you know, stores and and seeing big jugs of things and having to look at labels for an obscene amount of time just to make sure that it has all the ingredients that I want in there. No, I'm 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 paralyzed with all the options that are there, and I can't be I can't be counted upon to go and refill my stuff when they empty. And so now I'm dealing with empty bottles in my right. house. Plus, you got to mail them to me. And you know, having these big jugs throughout my house, I don't, I don't need that in the space right now. I don't need that no. in my space. Yeah, what is this Donkey Kong with these big no. barrels getting thrown at me? And I also don't want to look like I'm a old ass man who has one of those things that have Monday through Sunday on no, it, the yeah, different colors, where I like yeah. flip them open and you know I feel like I have to take. No, yeah. I don't want any of that. I want something no. that I can throw in my gym bag. I want something that I can take every day and I don't forget. And you know what? Care of makes that happen for me. Yeah. It's a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with customized vitamin plans that help you feel your best today and support you long term. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, it just means that, um, you know, Care of is a great company to just make sure that, A, uh, you feel supported and that you are um, feeling that these vitamins are getting you or helping you get to the health goals that you want. and Right, uh, they're, they're vitamins and supplements that are delivered to you, and where they really set themselves apart is they offer this online quiz. Eugene and I have taken it. It's yeah. really easy. You Less actually learn about... Minutes. Yeah, you learn Less about yourself a little bit, and your, your goals, and whatever, they, whatever those might be, and they, uh, then they then recommend vitamins and powders that will support your specific health, health goals. And that might be improving your new fitness routine or managing stress or, or whatever you want to do to improve your health. And these They're are going to figure that, that out. And these are things that you can take you know, um, internally, but they're also helping with a new line of external stuff, which is skin and hair care collections. Yeah, right. it helps with your beauty goals um, from all angles. And it's targeted ingredients for your hair, skin, and nails. Yeah. So that's So get good. you looking, get your feeling good, you're looking good, looking your good, appearance is coming from, off. From Care Of. They're doing all of it for you. And, you know, it's a care, care Of is focused on quality, science, and research that goes into every product that they recommend. And they have yummy protein powders made of wholesome ingredients that you recognize, like organic cocoa and pink Himalayan sea salt, guys. Come on. Yeah. So they're taking the guesswork out of it for you. Whatever those goals are, you're going to figure them out in the quiz. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, then they, they recommend it for you. And so they're asking you things like how much sleep you get, how often do you work out, and right. do you follow any diets, do you have any restrictions or limitations. And they and ask then, you about if you have uh, any concerns about your hair, skin, or, or nail health now. So that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. They finally got to the bottom of that for you, Eugene. So that's yeah, good. Finally, yeah. so finally. you know, uh, and then you follow Carov's expert recommendations and adjust that pack anytime. So you know, let's say that you get your monthly pack and there's a couple of things that you feel like are working great and a couple of things that you want to try. You can add or subtract things off your monthly subscription anytime. No, it was a slam dunk. I needed a little extra vitamin C uh, to my program, and so I, I opted to add a little bit more vitamin C. It couldn't have been more easy to do, no hassle, slam dunk. I got that now, and I feel covered. So, Yeah, so make sure that you check them out. That's care of. Um, and uh, check this out. For 25% off your first three months of care of, go to takecareof.com slash dumbbells25 and enter code dumbbells25. That's for 25% off your first 
three months of care of. You go to takecareof.com slash dumbbells25 and enter the code dumbbells25. Imagine what you could do for your health in three months, guys. Go for it. Get the discount. Try it for three months. And I promise you that you'll feel better, look better, and uh, be happy that you did. Yeah, that's takecareof.com slash dumbbells25 and enter the code dumbbells25. Something that comes up on the show a lot is people um, that that don't that aren't part of marginalized groups will say, I want to try yoga, but I just... I want to be anonymous. I don't want them to be focusing on me or paying any extra attention. So I'm not going to go because they feel, you know, shy or embarrassed or whatever. So you take that and then you add what you experienced on top of it. It sucks. It's a, it's yeah. like a, the energy you got to put up to be like, hi, yes, thank you. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nerve energy. It is. And I think people experience, I've experienced both sides of that spectrum from like this, super niceness to just like not being acknowledged at all. Right. Um, right so I've yeah. seen like, I've seen all of it. And I've even had people who have said that some of my friends have even said like people have moved their mats away from them, uh, like in studio. So like I've, I've heard all of these really extreme cases and, and thank goodness I've never experienced anything very overt. Yeah. Um, but I had lots of experiences that made me question why I had that. Um, yeah. And um, that was really important to me. So after a while, and and then I moved. So that was like New York. Mm-hmm. And then I had to get out of New York for a minute. So I was like, I, lots of stuff going on, school clothes, like life over, experience all this trauma. I need to move back home, <laughs> closer to my family. My dad had had uh, a health scare uh, the, that year also. And um, I was like, I just need to kind of reconnect, go back home for a little while. Sure. And I moved to Houston, Texas. And um, that's about a four or five hour drive from Dallas. Yeah. And and so, but it was much closer. I had like an apartment that I loved. I had space. I had like the (laughs) things that many people take for granted. Um, Especially (laughs) moving from New York. (laughs) From New York. Yeah. Yeah. Things like a washer and dryer in your apartment. <laughs> or like uh, a balcony, or like central AC and heat. Oh or, man! Right, 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 right. Rooms just like do things in and live. <laughs> yeah, stuff that works. Yeah. Stuff that works. Things you that know? work. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you you're not compromising with a railroad apartment in oh, New York. God. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Like it was. Ugh, it was amazing coming back or going back to the South and having a beautiful space that would have been so expensive and unaffordable if it were the same thing in New York. Um, But I was in another school. This time I had followed um, a former instructional coach um, who was the principal of a school in Houston. Okay. Also a charter school and was like, yo, you're doing all of these things that we actually need here. Just come, just come. I interviewed, got the job. It was excited, so it, but this was a high school. So I had gone from teaching middle school to being a dean at an elementary school to doing the same thing, but for older students and teachers. Um, I was really excited about it. The, the takeaway from this Houston chapter is that <laughs> I realized that this, I was also not aligned with this school or system or leader. Right, yeah. A very similar situation 
um, that I did when I was a, uh, having lots of difficulty in the school that closed, but kind of on the opposite end. So it was like we were doing the things I didn't believe in in terms of, you know, right. working with students and families. And it was awful because it was like I, I have always loved working and loved working in schools. And I hated this school, that school year. Um, loved Houston, but like hated going to work, but didn't believe in the things that I was doing um, at all. Yeah. And, and I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta be done with this. Like I can't do this another year. Um, and moved back at the end of last year to Harlem. I was in Brooklyn previously, but I moved to Harlem with my partner. Um, and I was like, I can't be in another school right now. This has been yeah. too much, much too much, but I am interested in teaching in a different way. And my yoga practice was the thing that sustained me throughout these last couple of years mm-hmm. and was the thing that like was the gift and the curse because I kept having to find communities where I felt safe. Right. Um, and it was just too much. So was I figured hard, that there was it hard in Houston to find a, um, a studio that you, you really felt comfortable in? It was not as hard. Uh, I found a studio that I ended up really liking. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like weird stuff happened at the end that, well, I thought it was personally weird, but it was like the perfect kind of punctuation to that year. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, yeah, I'm out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's it. I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it, I did, I did really enjoy that studio. It was a hot yoga studio. Um, so it was a re- it was a really nice like intense. It felt like a workout and a yoga like yeah yeah. Rester. So yeah. then you so then you in, uh, moved to Harlem and are like I'm not yeah. gonna do a school fuck school. I mean school's great but I'm not school's gonna great. I'm not gonna I'm mess not with it. Right yeah. yeah, not fuck school per se, but like yeah, I'm not gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I I was looking at, so I wanted to take a yoga teacher training program before leaving Houston at that Mm -hmm. studio and it didn't end up happening. And I asked that I, what, what, what did end up happening was I asked for like a scholarship to the yoga teacher training because these things are like $4,000. They can range like two to $4,000 depending on where you're going. Um, it's like buying a car. I mean, it's it really fucking expensive. Is. It really yeah. is. And um, I was like, you know, there are not, not lots of people of color on your staff. Like, I know you talk about being an inclusive studio. Like, many studios also have scholarships uh, for people of color. Mm-hmm. One of my really good friends who's in L.A., she started a scholarship program for teachers of color at a yoga studio here. Um, or she was like integral in founding it and received that scholarship. So she was like, you know, it's a, it's an ask, try it out. So I tried it and they were, I asked and, you know, stated my reason. And if you didn't, if you aren't aware, like yoga is a very white middle-class wealthy woman activity, right? Just data alone suggests that those, this, these are the people who do yoga the most in America. Right. Right. Um, I was like, yeah, let's, you know, What's up? <laughs> like, what's up yeah. on the scholarship? I asked more eloquently than that, but <laughs> they kind of gave me this very yoga answer that was like, thank you for this big ask. And we're really happy that you feel empowered to use your voice and to speak on things that matter to you. Oh, and I was God. like, right, right. Yeah, good. 
And they're like, this is what we thought about. If you could bring two people to take the training, then we can provide you a full scholarship for yours. Wow. <laughs> like like participate like, in a pyramid scheme or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the way that it was phrased, phrased was so nice that it took me <laughs> yeah. to understand what, what was being said. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it was the moment, just like you, you said, like, so you want me to, I'm like, so I'm, I'm basically pimping my friends right. so I can get my yeah. yoga for free. Yeah. Because yeah. I have friends ready to drop like 4K yeah. on six weeks to do like, what? Girl? Yeah. Listen, the yoga, hey. a yogified hustle. Yeah. Right. Dude, we, we love the idea of you taking uh, this for free. Is there any chance you can ask your friends for eight grand <laughs> and then we'll cover you? Yeah. You fill this class and then you can. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, nah. So I <laughs> programmed um, in New York and I was looking for the least expensive one, honestly, and found one that um, I really liked. And it um, was wonderful. It's Three Sisters Yoga. Um, it's a just a yoga teacher training studio so they don't do it's not like a yoga studio where they have classes all the time it's specifically just to train yoga teachers um and really found community and was able to like reconcile lots of things during my experience and it was it really was great um and i did like this month-long intensive so it was six to six no i I just told a lot it was 8 a.m to 6 p.m monday through friday and then i have my weekends and it was four weeks and it was it was great. I, I really enjoyed it and needed it to be like fast and and like one and done. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I didn't want to space it out over months. Um, I just wanted to get get through it. So I could yeah, start yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard because you can't work when you're doing it. I mean, it's like you got to just you know make a That's sacrifice cool. and get in and get the instruction and then get out of there. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was the only reason why I was able to do it was because I had some support. Yeah. But if if I didn't have it, then like. You know, I would have have done the weekend version of it, but the weekend version was just like so much commitment at the end of the week. Sure. (laughs) Who knows where I'll be in five years, you know, (laughs) spacing this thing off. Yeah. So I did that this year in, or not 2019, August of 2019 is when I did my intensive. And um, September 2019 is when I launched Black Mat. And really my, my, mission is is really to serve people who feel like i felt in wellness spaces yeah so black queer people of color white people people who feel marginalized in the yoga space um Mm -hmm. but particularly people of color who feel marginalized or have experienced hurt in the wellness world or feel like you know not flexible or just just don't feel like they can access the practice for whatever reason whether it's not for them they're not white whatever the case is it's like this is for you everybody as long as you can breathe you can do yoga don't worry so much about what you look like but worry about like what your breathing is like you know worry about how this how you feel versus how you look yeah. um and yeah. be cool. so that's that's really kind of the ethos behind black mat is like bring your whole self to your mat fall in love on the mat and then take these lessons with you when you leave the mat and just be a good, a good person in the world. Yeah. I mean, that sounds awesome. I, w- and, and very relatable. I mean, especially yeah. cause you know, and 
especially walk. I yeah, I have taken a couple of yoga classes. The idea of it and the practice of it is great, but the mm-hmm. community of it, it, I it just, I just don't feel like corny? I fit in. I, do, I like just, it just doesn't feel like I fit in. Like, and the the one the ones that I fit in more are the ones that feel like they're workout yoga. Club, mm-hmm. You know, like power core power like you know whatever where it's just like your move it's like this is not yoga this is like i'm doing like basically a burpee you know like it's yeah it's which i'm like i'm fine doing otherwise but that's not why i'm there i want to feel that community of you know the, the one the classes that i was surprisingly felt the most comfortable in was taking these prenatal yoga classes with my pregnant wife yeah, you know, because they were not paying attention to me. Everybody was there to like really pay attention to breathing and moving, like you know, with intention, so that nobody is getting hurt. And it, and like the way it was set up, I'm like, how come this is just not for everybody? You know. <laughs> um, well, and, it's yeah, it's a pretty wild thing, Eric, and you could probably speak to this more, but I I think somewhere along those lines, it, when it was kind of being introduced in the states. It got co-opted as this kind of status thing for mm-hmm. like, you know, for like money and, you know, these kind of wealthy, affluent neighborhoods. The first time I really took a class, I was a train. I was a personal trainer and I was living in L.A. and I started training people in Brentwood. It's a really like really nice uh, you know, upscale bunch of assholes. Yeah, <laughs> bunch, of, <laughs> bunch of rich assholes live out there. Bunch of rich well, white assholes around. You know those neighborhoods. It is. L.A. It is. Yeah. But it was, uh, I took a class there at a yoga studio and like it did only, like you just see it in movies. This is like 15 years ago. Like you'd see it in movies or it would be like a punchline, like yoga. But I took it there and it was like, I got a workout and I thought, oh man, this is amazing. But it was literally only like middle-aged white women taking the class. And it was like a big, you know, it was like a show off thing, like a kind of SUV soccer mom <laughs> type thing, yeah. you know? And that was, and I would tell people like, hey, do you ever do yoga you know no, nobody really even knew what it was but this is like the only or if you did find somebody that did they had access to it in some kind of similar neighborhood somewhere else so yeah and, and then it's like a, a contest to see who's yes. got the most who's got the nicest yoga clothes you know all that kind of shit and that's and what it's, it's like all- so it's so contra to what yoga is right you know and that's yeah. how like still a lot of studios feel like to me like outside of taking that prenatal yo know, like the the teachers for that felt so supportive and so focused on every student where when i have taken classes at other studios it either feels like a like a crossfit gym where it's just like you have to do it hard and if you do it hard then everybody respects you mm-hmm. or it's like five women talking to the teacher they're all kind of gossip gossiping and then they're like oops we gotta start and then it's like kind of for them it's for those like five women and they can kind of giggle through certain things or like that you know they walk by and then it just it feels um yes yeah 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 and it's a lot. It's a lot to tr- want to try. And if you have all these fucking barriers up against you, just people just aren't going to do it. They're yeah. not going to fucking do it. And that's a bummer because then you then you know you miss out. These people miss out on 
what could be potential, like for you, like it saved your life, you know, going through all yeah. that yeah. shit that you were going through, you know? Yeah. And have had those same experiences. Right. And I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. like the, the crazy thing about community is that especially in place like in wellness where you might have a following, like a teacher might have a following or you might have your favorite teacher that you like to, you know, chop it up with before or after class. People who are new to that, like, it reads as like, oh, there's an in crowd and I'm on the outside, right? Yes. The teacher or somebody in the class makes an effort to greet you or acknowledge you in some way, which people have done with me in classes, like said hello, or like, oh, hey, what's your name next to the mat? Like, those are the experiences where you feel like, oh, okay, yoga is cool. Like, this nice person spoke to me next to my mat, or the teacher yeah. asked my name and like came to introduce and asked if I had any questions or injuries or, the, or something like that. Those are the things that bring you in community and make you feel welcome. So in the absence of that, when you see, when you see it happening, but not happening to you or with you are those kind of like things that make you wonder like, well, shit, like, I guess I'm not, yes, I'm not a cool kid. Um, and if, and like throw race into it when you are yeah. the only person or any kind of identity marker, when you are the only one that you can see visibly of that identity in any space, it can bring anxiety in that same like exclusive, um, feel where you are aware of your otherness really quickly. And that's something that is like difficult when you're trying to meditate or not worry about how you are showing up. Um, yeah. You have to consistently <laughs> worry about how you're showing up because of who's in the room. So yeah, uh, yeah. Shit's, I, I hear shit's hard enough as it is. <laughs> you sure. it up. So then when, uh, so then, uh, when, when black mat yoga, when you started it, um, in September of 2019 and yeah. your, your focus was that, your um your students uh, the people started practicing with you um what were what were their main hiccups that they they were they kind of had to get over in order to you know start practicing regularly were there you know like because i feel like now that that's the inviting thing which i'm happy about then i'm just like you know then all of the other stuff it's like oh now i'm accepted okay well, I'm I'm not flexible, you know, or whatever. Like. <laughs> the biggest, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I hear is like, I'm not flexible. I can't do all this stuff. Yes, um, I think that's the the biggest thing is like people feel really intimidated because they're not flexible. Um, and I saw this meme that was really funny. It was like yoga teacher, and it was like student to teacher. I'm not flexible, and then the teacher was like. You mean mentally or physically? And then the student was like, oh. <laughs> um, but I think about that too. Like, that, I mean, that's a real concern because there is a level of like mobility you have to have in order to practice the physical mm-hmm. yoga. Like yoga asana is what it's called, like the physical movement. But really, I my breakthrough happened is when I stopped worrying about the poses and really started connecting with my breath. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized, like when I started focusing on that, then the body stuff just came. And I think yoga is great and challenging for lots of people in the sense that you don't see progress as quickly as you see it with like working out, maybe. Like you can yeah. you can do one workout in the gym and look in the mirror and see a whole different body, right? You're like, oh, I'm like my muscles are pumped, you know. Pumped, and, right. Yeah. It may or may not be true. But you can like be staring in the mirror, like flexing, like feeling yourself after right. a good yeah. out in the gym. 
yoga is not always that way. Like it might be maybe one day, but really it's like, I do this stuff that seems really uncomfortable um, potentially. And then maybe a month after doing it, you're like, Oh shit, I can touch my toes now. Or like, yeah, Oh yeah. wow. I, you know, I can hold this pose yeah. and I can do it before. And it's right. not so direct and it's not so pronounced that change is gradual and it'll come up, you know, when you don't cuss somebody out for cutting you off or when you like oh, take yeah. with your kids, you know, it's like, yes. it's up in different ways. It's not like gold star for you at the end of the day. And that can be like the benefit, one of the benefits and one of the really challenging parts about yoga is you don't get that like immediate gratification other than feeling like very relaxed when you come out of the class. Right. If that's your experience in the class. Oh, we man. pulled, we pulled this picture uh, of Eric and I was jealous, man. You're, you're, uh, you're like leaning down, like stretching oh. over your foot. And I was like, oh man, fucking, <laughs> looks like, you just look like you feel great, like hamstrings, flexible, yeah, like everything great. balanced. Yeah. I was yeah. so jealous of it, man. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, really it's because I don't really know what to do with my face when I'm taking pictures. It's like anything <laughs> that really translates hundred percent of the time is a smile. So like I'm always smiling in pictures because otherwise I look like I'm, either trying too hard to be sexy or like angry or just kind of like in between words. Like, so I just have to smile. So, (laughs) (laughs) but the, but the joy and the, um, and the freedom of inside your body, you know, it it definitely did come through for sure. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, I received that. Thank you. Um, so, so, so the kind of yoga that you're into, do you, I mean, is it like a vinyasa flow? Is that kind of what you teach? So, and uh, and do you use music? Do you go no music? How do you how do you like to structure a class? I am, yep, I'm a vinyasa teacher. Um, okay, so very comf- like that's my that's my comfort zone, and I'm also kind of starting to push myself to have some more restorative offerings. Um, like okay, yoga and restorative yoga. So the vinyasa yoga, if you are not familiar, is um, is like characterized by that like chaturanga sequence so the kind of downward um the half plank or the plank to push up and Mm -hmm. then the downward face upward facing dog and then the downward facing dog those three moves are like the vinyasa and like doing that in between your phrases or in between certain poses is like a signature vinyasa style class and in the fact that you're marrying one breath per movement so like one breath per movement yeah you move on an inhale, do something else on an exhale. So you're really trying to sync your breath and your movements. And then that vinyasa in between the moves or that flow, you'll hear it called in between the moves is what makes that, that, that style. Um, and then the restorative is very much kind of like using props, pillows and blankets and stuff to really get a good stretch. It's less about the power and more about like holding poses for a couple of minutes and really seeing the effect of like a, holding something for a really long time with lots of support. So those are the two main classes that I, or kinds of yoga that I teach, but I teach different classes that have different offerings. So I like to, there were times where I would go to, where I stopped going to church and would go to yoga instead. And then like pray during, during my, like use my time, my practice to try to connect with God closer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. This is like, oh, this can be yoga too. And then there were some times on Sundays where I would like, I would play gospel music and like have like a church experience or worship experience, but use yoga to do it. Um, So I teach a class like that on Sundays. 
And then on Wednesdays, I teach a happy hour class. I'm teaching it tomorrow. I took some time off um, since I've been traveling, but tomorrow I'm teaching a happy hour class. And that one is a very like, it's a quicker flow and um, a pop and playlist. So it's very R&B. I'm a very R&B type person. Mm -hmm. So I definitely use music to kind of create a vibe. Um, and then that one, I like also sit with folks afterwards and we like toast and we have like happy hour and like kind of talk shit just like this. <laughs> talk about whatever is, you know, comes up for people. And that started during the quarantine out of like my need to have some. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> I was like, hey, we're going to do yoga and then we're going to sit and drink together <laughs> and like talk and be friends. And you just kind of have to do that if you take this class. Yoga happy hour sounds amazing. It's popping. It's popping because we'll like cheers in the camera and then so there were, <laughs> right. I mean, what else do you do? Yeah. Uh, there were when Insecure was on, I'm a huge Insecure on HBO fan. So they were like insecure themed weeks where we would talk about like friendship dynamics. Like, so what's going on with Oh great. What do you think's um, going to happen here? Or like if you were a character on the show, who would you be and why? Or like yeah, some really good happy oh, hours. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, cre you're creating a community, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it feels really good because it's, you know, you don't have to worry about, and, and with quarantine is like, you can do this at home. So like you're, you're in your house and you're, you're mm. making community with people, um, that are like similar and you don't have to worry about this. You might have worries, but they're not the same things you're worrying about when you're in a studio. Yeah. You know, like you. Hey, Stanger, did you know that you can refinance your credit card balances and it can lower your interest rate and save you a bunch of money and you don't have to be a financial expert to do it? You know what you uh, do need? Lightstream, you need a company, buddy. Yeah. yeah. You need a company like Lightstream. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you do. You do. You can get a fixed rate credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream and it could save you thousands in interest. Rates start as low as 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. That's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR, dude. Right. So most of the people out there are paying over 19%. And yeah. so there, you know, you get that 5.95%, you're going to make a lot of savings. And you can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there's absolutely no fees. So you're saving there too. Yeah, and the application is 100% online, so you can get your money in your bank account as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Yeah, let's say, you know, stuff got away from you a little bit. Yeah. You're locked into like a really high interest rate, and you're paying a ton a month. Go online, check it out. See if see if that 5.95% beats what you're paying now. If it does, then it's a no-brainer. Get that money today and then start saving right away. Yeah. And uh, here's listen, this, here's a testimonial from somebody that's actually used Lightstream. They, uh, they heard the commercial. They checked into a consolidation loan, and just a few hours later, he had his approval and funds were ready to be transferred. Awesome. The guy said it was awesome. So, so easy. That could it's be you. And especially if it's 100% online, you don't have to worry about leaving. You don't have to worry about, you know, um, um, it taking too long. You'll, you'll get the results pretty quickly, and you'll, you'll be on your way, hopefully saving thousands 
uh, in interest with a credit card consolidation loan. From yeah, Lunch. you don't have to comb your hair. The last time I tried to get a credit consolidation loan, I spent four hours combing my hair. I missed the goddamn appointment. That's horrible. So um, you do this online, you're good to go. Listen, um, if you apply today... Dumbbells listeners will get a special interest rate discount and save even more. But the only way that you get that discount is if you go to lightstream.com slash dumbbells. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash dumbbells. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash dumbbells for more information. How were the classes um, structured before the quarantine happened? Were you doing it at a a certain studio? And then now that you're, um, you know, probably doing all of it by Zoom, is it like a class of people or is it one-on-one training or is it a mix of both? Or It's a mix. So prior to quarantine, I was not teaching in one set space, but I would use different spaces to do kind of pop-up classes. I see. Um, yeah. And I also did private sessions where I would either travel to the person or they would come to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, are, those are like private lessons, like one-on-ones. And right. then... Post-quarantine, and I also taught in yoga studios. So I taught two different studios and then one um, yoga company that had um, contracts with like luxury apartment buildings in the city where I just show up, teach a class, and then go to another one. Oh, I see. Very much like a gig. I was just kind of like running all around the city. It was actually quite exhausting, and I didn't realize how much, um, how physically tiring that would be, that kind of like, hustle and bustle to studio to studio yeah yeah the train and walking and all that stuff um i mean it's like you're self-employed and running a business and then like also yeah it's like you're right. a freelance and just instructor what it, yeah what it t- you're not just cruising in there for five minutes it's like you got to give right. a lot of yourself yeah. when you're like, doing it. yeah it's like this energy exchange it's all that stuff and there, yeah. there are times you can go like autopilot a little bit but so it's still it's still teaching for an hour. Still a lot. Your voice and like hey, you still yeah you still got to go from one place, get on the fucking end train, realize that that shit is all yeah. fucked up. So then you have to you know switch, and then get there, get there a little bit later than you were pl- planning on it, and then get in the mindset to teach yoga. It's like you know, Eugene, you're speaking my heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, yes, I feel so seen. Dude. Yeah, and then yeah. still being like cool and like oh. Welcome to class. You know, still, because you can't be the frantic yoga teacher coming in fucking up everybody's vibe. You can't. Man, I... You just gotta... I miss living in New York, but there are aspects to that that I I just remember. I used to live in Jackson. I lived in Jackson Heights for a lot of my time there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I lived in New York for like 12 years, something like that. But um, man, there were times where you'd take the train in and it'd be like, okay, I'm taking the train in. For some reason, it takes fuck. Well, not some reason, but just as per usual, it takes forever. Some other shit happens, yeah. and I get to like a commercial audition for like Snickers. Walk in there, I'm in there for three minutes. Yeah, and then it's like heading back home. I'm like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get in a good place where it looks like I'm excited about the Snickers, and then I gotta get back on the train. This is fuck bananas. 
yeah. having to work. I've, I've had it like where I'm just visiting friends and stuff and it's been the hardest six hours of my life just trying to get to see my friends or what, you know, whatever it is I'm trying to do. Yeah. I, you know, I couldn't imagine having to fucking work after that. I know. <laughs> it's like yeah. I need a break from uh, traveling. To- so that was one thing that I learned of like during quarantine was like, oh, wow. Like the teaching the yoga is not what makes me tired. It's the, the travel. It's the travel. The commute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that was how classes were before. I was all over the place. And then now I teach on Zoom. And I had a set class schedule until the summer came. I also started to do some kind of consulting work. Um, I started with my aunt's company. Um, we did what started as just a mindfulness practice for some of her gigs ended up turning into a company-wide facilitation of how to build trust between the within the organization in response to the George Floyd killing and like everything since. Um, So we've kind of been doing a lot of like anti-racist work using my background in education and and anti-racism to kind of figure out a game plan for this company and facilitating these like converse, these meaningful and courageous conversations within. Um, So I've been doing, so my schedule the last couple of weeks has been a little different because I've been prioritizing that and working with some other schools and um, but since quarantine has happened, I teach online. Schedule's a little different, but um, describe some of those classes. And then I have another workout class or another yoga class. It's Vibes and Vinyasa, and that's like a very like rap, hip hop turned up playlist. Ooh, and it's it's more of that kind of like workout. It's yes. it's still very much yoga. It's not all the way like hit or it's not a core power but it's definitely a little bit more athletic and and quicker pace versus the relaxing yoga but it's more um characterized by the playlist and a couple of like a little bit more athleticism in the in the practice in the movement ah, a vigorous a very vigorous practice or flow it's vigorous it is yeah. vigorous but it's still beginner friendly although i'm learning i don't quite know what that is because <laughs> I'll think I'm like turning the notch down and people are like, I'm out here sweating. Like I'm outside. And I was like, Oh, okay. Good <laughs> to have. Let me dial it back a little bit more. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, those are the different kinds of classes I teach. And it, it is kind of, it's not totally self-serving because I do do it because it's what I enjoy doing, but people also like it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah like, absolutely. Good. We're, we're all winning here. Yeah. And I mean, I, especially, you know, being able to, um, to, to be a voice and also be an instructor for, you know, us that are, you know, um, people of color and, and, and people that, you know, need, um, I don't know, just, just love that support and need that support is just great. And it's needed because I can't, you know, even if yoga studios ever open up out here again, but you know, when they do, you know, it, it'll it would take a while for that to be a, a comfortable thing. Um, sure. So, uh, you know, hopefully now it, you know people are more open to it. But uh, the fact that your practice is there already and you can already do it from home is just amazing. Yeah, it really is, and it's been. I'm so grateful that I'm still able to like teach here, like. You know, I can just yeah. computer open and say like, okay, I'm teaching. Yeah, class. I taught the, I had two classes 
that I had kind of contracted out that were on Monday afternoons. And then I teach for another studio. Um, this it's at noon Eastern time, but it's 9am here on Thursday. So it's, you know, it's like, I can work remotely. I'm like a, it's really strange. I've never had this kind of freedom. (laughs) Professionally, like in a school, having to be there, like, you know, before this comes up to staying there until it goes down. Oftentimes I'm just like, I can just be wherever and open a computer and yeah. Or I can not. So it's really nice. I, I have um, two questions. So what what would be your dream, you know, when all this calms down? Would you want to open your own studio? Would you want to have, like, multi, like, franchise, like, multiple studios? And then two, and this is, this gets into, like, a whole bigger discussion, and, um, you know, it's not, there's no easy answer to it. But is there anything, you know, given what you're trying to do, that people that have some power and influence and wellness, is there some steps that they could take or, like, the first steps they have to take? Um, that they could take to to be more inclusive or to improve their representation, um, you know, in that industry. Yeah. Uh, so, so two two big questions. The first, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> with no easy answer. But the but the first one, as far as what you would want to do, like, what's your dream? You know, yeah. like long term. I would love, um, and I don't know where this would be, but I would love an event space. So I think the sad. Oh yeah, that's cool. Truth is that I think the yoga studio model is like a broken system. And, you know, fingers crossed that they will still be able to survive. But I think that, you know, you hear all the time that it's really difficult for studios to stay open. And we can see that now because they're so reliant on each membership to pay the bills and the teachers. And it's just a really hard thing to to do really well um, and not be completely dependent on your membership. Yeah, I would love to have, and this might change too, if we start having, or if we never have in-person events again, I don't know, but I would love to have a space that is used as a yoga studio and a space that you can rent for things. And during the day, it would be like this, have a really specific um, aesthetic, like design aesthetic. So it would be this very like, boho luxe it would feel like a, a boutique kind of fitness studio or yoga yeah studio like this luxe boho very black feeling space and i say back in that like it is clear that there's like black representation here yeah uh, but also very and very dope so like i think a lot of times when we go into spaces that we like that are very welcoming they have very like soulful vibes and i think that's mm-hmm. what we love about them so that's what i mean by like a very black space just like a a dope vibe that's like feels very kind of high-end but not exclusive like you don't belong just like yeah we go to a night i feel like there's a difference when you go to a nice place and you're like oh this is like too nice this is too stuffy and you go to a nice place and you're like oh okay like i can see myself here i belong here yes I want yes <laughs> like that feel like yeah. i'm excited to go to this place because it is nice not like right. I I can't go here because it's not, I'm not good or it's too nice. Yeah. It's like when you check into a hotel that you paid a good amount for, but you went like, okay, okay. This right. is yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the like, that's it. Yeah, yeah, or like yeah. a, a house that's too nice. It feels like a museum. Like it doesn't feel like a home where you would want to live. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I would want it to have those vibes in the daytime when it operates, it'd be like, 
yoga studio, little coffee shop, plant store, like all the things. Yeah. And then it could also be rented out for like dinners and events and community like things and very active in in like social progress. Right, yeah. Community space that is very much nice and functional and versatile. Um, that's that's what I would really love to have. Um, and the work would be yoga classes. I would also do like consulting work or like there'd be like lots of like black mat could be the umbrella and then the services that we provide could be lots of different things. Right. From wellness to like consulting to education to all those things. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the, and then the uh, second question. This is a hard question. It's a bullshit thing to lay on you too, but I figure while you're here and you know, (laughs) having, having worked in all, you know, all sides of it, you know, I don't know. It's hard. I think what I'm seeing the most, so since all of this has happened, since the process started, I've had an influx of like probably, probably like seven or 800 like white followers on both of my pages. And for me, like it's a very small, for me, a a one person kind of show, that's a really big influx in the last like month or so. And it feels a little, it feels great. And it also feels a little weird to me because I think what so many people of color who are in any industry really are experiencing is this kind of like, like white gaze and Mm -hmm. this, this um, desire to now be really supportive of everything that has not been supportive for as long as we know. So for me, it's this kind of like weird space of, of like being like, okay, this is, I guess this is what change kind of looks like. Um, and accepting that and also being really clear about like not being distracted in terms of like what also really needs to happen. Like the question that you're asking, like visibility yeah. is like nice and it's kind of like level one of yeah. inclusion. But like, what are the things that are actually wrong here? Right. Like people of color and like people who have brands that are people of color in the wellness world just don't get the type of support financially don't get the type mm-hmm. of like access to certain people or certain platforms and this yeah. is the trend right people of color have had have under one thing that's super common especially right now is that brands want to hear black voices and want black people to like be on their platforms but don't want them to but don't want to pay them right like right. don't want <laughs> don't want to or relinquish any ownership of the brand or anything it's just yeah, yeah. So i yeah. think you know the, the large the one answer to the question that is like also a very large answer is like i think everybody needs to kind of just take a minute and take a breath and then see mm-hmm. like what ways are we causing harm and how can we fix it and i think the most extreme thing that people are experiencing is like I have to give up my company or like I have to, you know, like yeah. I think in um, the beauty industry, there was this pull up campaign where everybody had to post like their diversity makeup from top to bottom in the organization. Stuff like that is like shit. Everyone has to be aware of where they are and then like make a plan from there. So maybe it doesn't mean like you just have to break your company in half and give it to every person of color that you know or like in tiny pieces but maybe it means like we're going to 
do X, Y, and Z. When we market, when we promote, we're going to make sure that we pull in someone outside of the organization or promote someone within the organization to do what is what we haven't been doing previously. I think, I think it's just like doing your work, right? Like just yeah, figuring yeah. out where you are as an organization and like how can you be better at what you're doing and how can you include as many voices that are unlike your own um, and how honest can you be with yourself and your community because that's that is oftentimes the most difficult and I think what I've experienced with working with white people who are coming into a new realization right now and challenging mm-hmm. challenging and unlearning things is like there's this moment where they're like oh my gosh I have done all of this awful things to all of these awful things to black people and people of color and I don't know what to do next or I'm scared that I've done all of these awful things and I don't know what to do next so I think just step one is be really honest with where you are in this journey and where you want to go. And then step two is like figuring out how you can include the voices of the people that you want to like atone for. Um, right. How, how can you do that with them in a way that doesn't put all the work on them, but also in a right. way that includes them. Um, yeah. So yeah. Very like a large answer. For, no, but for that, it's but those are the key, like key things. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You know, even just thinking about this stuff now and, you know, Eugene and I doing this show and, you know, most of, most of the people we've had on is comedy, you know, comedy people are actors and that kind of stuff. And, uh, but in the, in the health and wellness, which we kind of circle around because we're doing this show, you know, you, I just stopped to think like how many people do I know of color that are getting to represent the health and wellness and self care and all that stuff. And it's, there's not this, not there's not an industry there there's not a lot of people and that's there's something going on with that yeah because it's certain you know i mean yeah so i just it was just something that like um you know you people talk about privilege and me being you know being able to enjoy my white privilege i haven't thought about it you know i just didn't even it wasn't something that was on my mind it wasn't a barrier to me I never felt like I wasn't represented. And so now just like being able to look at that and see like, oh shit. So then, you know, what, what can we do? Like, how can we remedy that? How can we give voice to people, you know, and, uh, and expand it? Cause everybody wins then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Get access. You know, I got, I got access to you today, you know? So that's, yeah. And so the, yeah, that was good. That's, that's great. I appreciate that. I know it's, I know it's a lot to lay on you for like, you know, giving you five minutes to answer this question, you know, (laughs) guess what? Ryan just asks all of these questions all the time and it's fucking tiring. But the thing about it is like, I enjoy these kinds of questions. I feel like I'm sleep all the time. So this is fine. Like, like my Lacey and I, my cousin, we joke, I have another friend named Zuri who Lacey knows um, also. And Zuri and I can sit and talk like, we have this joke where we're like, yeah, we're just kind of manifesting our divine energies to get, like, we can talk about this fluffy stuff, this stuff that feels real fake to people, <laughs> like very low <laughs> or like super deep all the time. Like, I actually love it. So you can ask oh, me that, questions. That's great. <laughs> well, uh, well, well, we- well, real, well, real quick. So Lacey, what... Now, where do you stand on? Lacey likes to show her back bends. She's got a good back bend. Is yes. she executing that move properly? We execute them differently. So, Lacey, you execute them differently. Lacey okay. has a background in like cheer and kind of gymnastics. Cheer, right? So I would, Texas. Yes, yes. Yeah. Texas cheer. Yeah. 
So I took that photo that she posted recently and she took yeah. some photos of me too. But um, her back bend is like, like she gets into it from standing up and right. I get into mine from like laying down on the ground and lifting up. And I was, okay. it was so funny because we had this moment where she was like, oh, I can... I'll help. I'll spot you. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that. I have to do it in my yoga way. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I have to and lift up. I don't want to injure myself. My body is my instrument. Like, all that. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I, I can't, I can't get into it this way. So they're just different. Her yeah. are more cheer and stunt. And mine is like, yeah. Inhale. <laughs> right. Totally. She talked about the cheer on the show and I've seen her, I've seen her do the back bend on state, like on stage, you know I mean? She can athletically get into trick. it. Yeah. Yeah. She does. She's got some party tricks. Which I love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, but uh, how are, uh, what's, what's a good way to, if people want to take a class from you or sign up for um, the happy hour yoga um, yes. What, uh, yes. What, so how 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 is a good way to contact you and um you know and and possibly take a class or yeah. something? Bit way is to follow my follow me on Instagram. It's Black Mat Yoga NYC um, on Instagram, and there's a link in my bio where you can um, go to the website. You can log on or register for online classes. Um, you can reg- You can buy packages for like private yoga if you want to kind of have some of oh, those cool. like one-on-one sessions um the classes are typically really intimate and small they're usually from like three to ten people so it's pretty like a very kind of intimate experience um but that's the best way um is through instagram and i try to post my class schedule is a little inconsistent right now because i'm kind of in this weird like kind of on vacation still quarantining still teaching kind of taking a break <laughs> but yeah, I am teaching a class tomorrow and it is 530. The happy hour is 530 Eastern time. So it's 230 um, here. So it's like Ooh, that's, a, afternoon, but that's it's, a real happy hour. Yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Who knows what day it is anyway? Who knows? Who knows? It doesn't matter. Midday. It, the sun is going to be out so you can do it outside. You can have, yeah. a little, you know, and it yeah. doesn't have to be alcohol. You can you can have whatever. Uh, water or juice yeah. or something. Come well, on. listen. If you're on the if you're on the West Coast, we're going to get shut down again over here anyway. You might as well do yeah. this yoga class. Get a yoga practice going. <laughs> well, that's a, good, that's a good thing too with um, with Eric and and um, Black Mat Yoga. If if the if the classes aren't don't feel that consistent right now, it's it's okay because hey, it's um, you got time. You got time. And, <laughs> and, and and if you are just wanting to check it out and, and like, you know, learn, um, you know, start your practice, it's like it, it, it like makes that commitment feel a little bit easier because it's like, well, yeah. he, you know, he's only teaching a couple. So I'll just jump into this one and then jump into this one. And, you know, for sure, for sure. And uh, and talk about insecure a little bit yeah. or whatever else. Yeah. There's usually always some kind of like social component of the class just because i think it's really important when you're holding space like for people to be seen you need to like yeah say hello ryan hello eugene like i need to call you by name is what yeah grandmother used to say um so yeah i do i do always have some kind of like get to know you check in and then we practice it's not one of those like you just log on and and turn your your screen off and like just 
we're going to check in and then you can turn it off. But right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, we're going to say hello and then you can do your thing. But uh, it's not one of those just like log on, log off. It's like, I'm going to say hey. Great. All right, Bell Babies. We did uh, it. We did it. Thank you for joining us again this week. Um, that was Eric Mosley of Black Mat Yoga. Uh, you can uh, catch him on Instagram. It is Black Mat Yoga NYC um, is the Instagram handle. It's also in our Instagram uh, feed uh, link to it. So and. Yeah, he's got a link to his uh, classes, his yes. schedule, and he posts on Instagram about his his upcoming classes. Right in his bio, uh, you're able to you know sign up and do all of that and see what his even though his schedule is is changing or as we like to call it flexible, flexible. Uh, mm-hmm. You can see what ones are available and and hopefully sign up. Uh, hopefully that happy hour yoga is a thing that it keeps doing on a Wednesday so that... Yeah, if you guys listen are listening to, to this Wednesday morning, then the epi- the, day, the week that the episode drops, you can check out his class in the evening or the afternoon, depending on which time zone you're in. Yeah. Uh, so so hop onto his Instagram and take a look at that. Yeah, I believe it's 2.30 Pacific time, 5.30. Either 2, 2.30 or 2 Pacific time, 5 or 5.30. Um, it's sometimes some... Get on his Instagram, <laughs> give him a follow yeah. anyway. Yeah, and yeah, can, do all that. There. Do that, yeah. but yeah, he's great. Or just uh, trust Eugene. Well, you could. You could just yeah. show up somewhere in the middle there and, yeah, and just hope be there you sign up. Um, but it was great to have him. Uh, can't wait to have him again. Uh, also, a great conversation and and just very insightful on yeah, so many levels. Stuff. Uh, and good just, stuff. you know, even focusing in on how, you know, different people experience even just walking into a yoga studio, man. Yeah. So it's yeah. just, you know, like it's, it's hard. It, it, it's, 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 um, it's hard to take it in. And, you know, there's a lot of feelings out there. And he also brought this up, which was awesome, which is like, you got to sit in those feelings and feel them feelings. Yeah. And, um, and, and only by doing that is what's going to bring you to a new place and, and bring change. So, uh, I think that's a, one of the many things that we were able to talk to and, and learn from, from Eric, uh, from this episode. Um, so please give him a follow, please take a yoga class from him. Um, and, and keep following us. If you don't follow us on social media, why you're listening yeah. to us on the podcast, why not follow us? We're at the dumbbells across all social media. And even if you want to watch us or the live portion on YouTube, all you have to do is go to YouTube dot com slash the dumbbells and that's us there too we're at the dumbbells across all uh, platforms but if you do want to ask us a question um not through a social media outlet and you just want to email us and it's like a longer question or you want to include other things uh you can email us at ask the dumbbells at gmail.com Get at us, guys. We'd love to hear from you. On uh, behalf of myself and Eugene Cordero, the Dumbbells, and our wonderful guest today, Eric Mosley, we'd like to remind everybody that's out there listening to Train Dirty, Be Clean, and Live in Between. That was a HeadGum Podcast.